Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 23, First Blood, part two. <laughs> that was a real that was, one. That was a real one. That was a Rambo. Yeah, that was wow. Rambo. That's incredible. Uh, I'm Corey Draper. <laughs> With me, as always, are Colin Harmon. Hello, everybody. And Wes Allen. I am one with the fourth, and the fourth is with me. Thank you for joining us once again. It's a brand new year. I'm excited to kick off 2017. We're further removed from the content that we talk about. I know. Um, but that just more. means we hold even uh, harder and longer to the things that we hold dear. Mm-hmm. First things first, guys. How was your break? Uh, it was a solid satisfactory. I went to New York and saw lots yeah. of new things. Didn't get lost in New York, uh, which That's, is good. Oh, man, well, is that good? Or I, I don't mean, know. I felt good about my uh, season up there, though. Which I mean, because if you get lost in New York, you can meet Donald Trump. I know. You get to eat a pizza yeah. inside of like a limousine. <laughs> Talk to a crazy bird lady. <laughs> it seems terrifyingly exciting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Spent a lot of relaxing up there and, and came back right before New Year's, so we'd have to see all the mayhem. But it was fun. Cool. Wes, did you guys do anything? I watched staying? more Twilight Zone than the human should watch. Oh, wow. Yeah. There was a marathon on Sci-Fi Channel, and I just watched them all. <laughs> That's it was so, good. Is it, so is that something that creeps you out or freaks you out at all, or were you? It was it more just uh, no? I I love that kind of stuff. Twilight Zone is like one of the most timeless, well done shows. Yeah, it's ever. A great show. It's crazy how yeah. well done it is. Yeah, I remember appreciating it when it would come on when I was a kid and watching it, but th- there was a there was a limit. I would watch, be like two in, and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> freaked out and no one couldn't sleep well yeah. it brings yeah. me in because they're all different so it's like yeah. you're starting a new adventure every really time. cool format yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of like black mirror is now but the original version of that yeah. mm. which i think is so fascinating about things like twilight zone because i think about it when i close my eyes i'm like oh man that was like probably super low budget but what they didn't have in budget man did they have in cleverness and like yeah how they oh used. for sure it was really smart yeah well uh, i spent my vacation here, just stayed home because mm-hmm. we went to Florida the week before. Built a fort in my living room. Nice, nice. My wife and I had a lot of fun watching Netflix in our fort, as adults do. As adults <laughs> do, and uh, you know, spent New Year's with some friends. You know, just chilling, watching Mariah Carey just completely destroy her career. Oh, good, good. So, yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys? I mean, that's kind of relevant because Mariah Carey was um, at her peak in the '90s. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know if I feel sad for her. I think a lot of people like seeing her meltdown and have like struggle the way she did. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there it, it was kind of weird too. Like uh, we were there exactly where she just like ruined her life about twenty hours before it happened, <laughs> which was kind of fun. Well, explain what happened. Uh, I mean, basically the whole shebang about it and all the articles that if you Google her name right now that will come up is she eventually was going. She was going to go and sing. On the Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest, which is the craziest name. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was going to sing there, and she hadn't sung for 10 years, so there was all this buildup. And then she went out there to go and sing, and her ear monitors didn't work. Which, being in the middle of Times Square, hundreds of people, or sorry, thousands of people around her making noise and smoke machines and lights and blah, blah, blah. And all the sound reflecting off the buildings, like she couldn't hear herself. And so she just kind of stood there and talked about how she couldn't hear herself. Twice. Uh, <laughs> For two songs, um, which was just painful to watch on live broadcast television when literally the world is watching. Yeah. Um, 
And so there's been all this back and forth about was she sabotaged by, you know, the production company? Was this like Nick Cannon coming back in from like <laughs> the days of yore to sabotage her? <laughs> or was it actually her fault because she's notorious for coming late to sound checks and being a diva in life in general? Well, she's like one of the original like divas. Like yeah, that like she kind of defines the term. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's what a lot of the controversy was about it. But um, anyway, it was fascinating to just watch her life fall to shambles. I think the most revealing part was that it proves that, or at least she doesn't try to hit those high notes live because yeah. they would play yeah. those high notes that she would kind of sing All to. those whistle tones yeah. were all tracked, which yeah. was interesting, which I can't imagine yeah. singing those when it's 29 degrees. I was just yeah. about to say too, that. I, I would imagine that, like, I mean, when you're in that kind of cold, I mean, I feel like her vocal cords would need to be nice, pleasant, warm, mm. and loose for yes. those, to be able to make that kind of sound yeah. with her voice. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I empathize with her a little bit. I feel bad. Yeah. It's not good for anybody. That's, that's yeah. rough. Oh, and her prime. She was, I mean, just amazing voice. Just amazing. Just the things that she could do. So. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she gave us one of the Christmas songs that we mentioned in our last episode. of just like yeah. one of the best of our generation. So um, <laughs> sad to see her just fall from grace like that. But. Yeah. Anyway, that leads us into our first segment, which we do every month. We like to call it A Recurrent Affair. <laughs> this is where we talk about the news that pertains to the things that uh, really fall into the 80s and 90s kind of realm. Um, and the first thing we, uh, we can talk about, I guess, is Super Mario is now on the iPhone and yeah. it has exploded, and there are yeah. many, many people playing this game. Uh, I played it just a tiny, tiny bit, but, uh, well, Wes, you said you've played it before, right? Yeah, I played it. Uh, my wife, Haley, she really got into it. It's it's just really cool what they do. It's like they make it so that you can play it one-handed. So it's oh, like you clever. can... It's really integrated well for the iPhone and the user interface. It's just great. They did a really good job of bringing it now, but still kind of keeping it to like what you're used to, the yeah. format and everything. Yeah, it was a good kind of merge of like, okay, this is Mario, but it's not Mario as you think of like just the side scrolling. You can go back and forth. It's kind of the same kind of tempo run idea where you have to constantly are running and you have to do things with... Mario, like, tapping to make him jump and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it is definitely a, a, a phone game, but with Mario. So Yeah, I love that Nintendo kind of saves their big properties like Pokemon and Mario to something and do something really great with yeah. it. I, I'm glad that they just don't use it as, like, a cash grab, but they really, like, pour their all into making it, like, very, like, a just a universal thing that just hits large. Yeah, they certainly held out on the uh, adapting any of their games or properties to the iPhone. Mm -hmm. um, but it's funny for me, like, uh, I think about Pokemon Go, and this has been in the same category for me that I'm like, man, did Pokemon Go take off. I don't know if I should even download this game. I'm one of those <laughs> people that, like, if I do something, I am all in to a fault. I'm the same way. And that's yeah. for me, I'm like, I haven't even tempted myself to download yeah, it. Yeah, I've had a lot of people around me try to be like, "Man, you got to get it." And like inviting me with like from the App yeah. Store links and stuff and I'm yeah, like, with, Stop. "With Mario, I played one level. I'm like, "Yes, this is awesome. I'm deleting it now." <laughs> 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 I know myself too well. 
Yeah, you know, I, I still play Pokemon Go. been playing it since day one, but uh, that, that one's kind of interesting because Niantic, the uh, company that they kind of outsourced the game to, uh, just has been really awful at yeah. Uh, yeah, so know, making heard. it user-friendly. So, And they've gotten better and better and better as it's gone along, but so many people have dropped off and it's gotten a lot less popular. But uh, Is that yeah. better as a user from your perspective? Is it better to have less or? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, well, better and worse. I mean, there was... It was really fun. Those for it was actually a really cool experience that first just week or two where you would just go to the pokey stops and you see a crowd of people around there and you start strike up conversations with them and you're meeting complete strangers of like all age racing and and gender just playing this game and bonding over that. That was a really cool experience yeah. that just doesn't really happen anymore. Um, just the park I went to initially just is usually empty at lunch now. So, um, <laughs> but. At the same time, it's like, oh, more, you know, room for me to, to walk around and do stupid things with. So, Yeah, I was thinking about, I wonder if that game would have come out in the wintertime if it would have had the same oh, success. Yeah, that's it true. W- I wonder if they gauged it from that. I'm I think, sure. yeah, summer was the best time for it to come out. Yeah. Definitely. Especially for those who live up north. But uh, so the other type of news is really just, I think uh, we all think that 2016 was just the worst ever in terms of mm. our favorite people being taken from us and we have just kind of like a final RIP list those that held on all year and then 2016 <laughs> just finally took them uh, including took but them not out. limited to George Michael uh, Alan Thick. Yeah, was that one I wouldn't fame. have not have seen coming for yeah, some reason. He was I mean yeah, he was he fairly was young. 50s early yeah. early 50s I think. And then you know the I think the the biggest one or the most famous don't, one Don't say it. I'll say it. It was Carrie Fisher. Oh. And then following that was her mother. Yeah. The day so, after. That was, was it literally so the exact day after? The day after, after yeah. yeah. It's crazy. God, my it broken was, heart. It's yeah. rough. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, Debbie Reynolds, I mean, she lived a long, great life. But Carrie Fisher, I mean, it's, the, she, she, she was taken too early. Yeah. And it was really a shame just seeing that happen. Yeah, Carrie Fisher, she was like the first... F- example of a strong female character that wasn't just like some damsel in distress kind of character which really made me appreciate characters like Ripley and Alien series and Sarah Connor and Terminator she really like paved the way for like characters like that especially in sci-fi yeah and I, I just love that how she always kind of spoke openly and honestly about her struggles and like she was stronger because of her weaknesses because she embraced them I just I just love her personality, and I'm glad that she at least got one final win mm. with uh, Force Awakens. And I don't know what she's going to play a role in the episode eight, but I hope that she gets her her time to shine. Well said. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they're going to CG her at all, like they did. <laughs> Spoiler. With, you know, like <laughs> with like how they CG characters in in Rogue One. So. Yeah. I, which speaking of which, I mean, you guys, how'd you guys think of Rogue One? I know we did a full episode on episode seven, but yeah. I, I don't think we'll go that far, but just a quick thoughts on Rogue One. It's great. I saw it twice. Ironically, the second time I saw it, I saw it with my dad. And when I got out of the movie is when they announced that Carrie Fisher oh, had passed away. So wow. it was, it was very like kind of serendipitous. I feel like yeah. it was crazy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 
I really loved it. I thought it was great. It, it's kind of unfair to compare them, compare it to episode seven. Yeah. Because well, they're just different. accomplishing different things. For sure. But I feel like the, I like the characters better in Force Awakens. I like the story better in Rogue One. I feel like That's it is just like a really cool story. And I love that it made A New Hope so much better. Yeah. I feel like all the like background stuff and all the things that you're like, ah, oh, can we just get on to Luke Skywalker and Han Solo? All those kind of background conversations that gave it so much weight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought overall it was it was good. Um, I felt like it was kind of like a Twilight Zone episode, like you're describing, where like I don't know any of you, and now you're all gone. <laughs> like <laughs> it was one of those things where it just kind of felt like a little uh, time capsule. Yeah. Of it all by itself, like very self-contained. Even though you know, according to the big chronological part of that story, it's an integral piece. But well, I really loved it. I, I loved how they made it. They were they had that perfect. A uh, combination of it being its own story and being its own thing, but having just enough integration from like the Star Wars universe. So, and specifically with Darth Vader, I thought it was just really cool sitting there and watching him have like a, an actual big part in the movie. I mean, he was only on screen yeah. for a little yeah. bit, but he still had like lines and was that that villain again for the first time. Yeah. And they uh, made him a villain again yeah, because, it, like, he's been so ingrained in pop culture. He's like a teddy bear. Yeah. But, like, they really made him scary again. Absolutely. So, and, you know, we won't spoil too much, but there's just a scene towards the end where he is just, I mean. Diabolical. My, my, yeah. my jaw was on the floor. Uh, it was it's awesome man. scene. So, um, anyway, those are, that's our Rogue One thoughts. We'll move along. Uh, okay, so. There's another piece of news that I think is going to just become our main topic of the day. And it's not really news. Um, uh, it's more of just a conversation that was started on the Internet and has caused a lot of controversy or controversy. Mm-hmm. Controversy. As, controversy, mm-hmm. as Colin would say. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, here it's, I, I think it was – I think it's – I think it deems itself worthy of being talked about and discussed. And I haven't talked with Colin or Wes at length about this subject because apparently it's polarizing. And I'm wondering if either of them uh, remember the specific thing. So you may have seen online kind of an article or things pop up on Twitter or Reddit about an apparent movie that was made in the early 90s starring Sinbad Mm -hmm. where he plays a genie called Shazam. Not Kazam. Not Kazam. Yeah. Shazam. Shazam. And people who are who remember this movie are adamant that it's not Kazam. They remember Kazam, but they also remember Shazam. So I, I think this started as a Reddit conversation where somebody was like, hey, remember this? And everybody's like, yes, I remember this. And it kind of became like a, uh, a big controversy because nobody could find any trace of it on the internet. No one could find copies of it or posters of it or anything. But there are people who insist that they remember this movie and remember it vividly to the point where they can remember specific scenes of it. But there's no trace Hmm. of it. There's people who have tweeted Sinbad himself about it, and he denies it. (laughs) Has he outwardly denied it, or he's just kind of like... Dancing around the subject. I, I'm I pretty feel sure like, he outwardly denied it. Uh, okay. Was he like Anderson Coopering it yeah. where he's not answering? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was being coy with it afterwards, but it's, uh, and I'll try to find the tweet that he sent that was pretty. It's been multiple things. Uh, okay, so one of his tweets was Have you noticed no one my age has seen the so called Sinbad Genie movie? Only people who were kids in the 90s. 
the young mind, exclamation point. <laughs> Those kids. And then here's and where he's getting movies. coy, where he's responding to people, and he's like, I must have played a genie. Everyone says I did. Smile. Mm. And someone found, like, an image of him in a genie costume, mm-hmm. but apparently he did, like, some movie marathon about... Yeah, like he hosted or Sinbad something? Sinbad the Sailor, yeah. 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 And then like some people have claimed, like, oh, no, it's when he played Ishbu's dad on All That. Oh, but because oh. like he was dressed up and all, and but I don't think that that's at all what people are thinking of when they think of this movie. Yeah. So I found I discovered this because uh, my one of my friends named Matthew he posted an article on Facebook talking about this whole thing and was swearing that he remembered it. Now I don't remember it, and I am pretty convinced that. I don't remember it, and that's good enough reason for me to think that it didn't exist because, hey, we host a podcast about <laughs> 80s and 90s things. Yeah, and <laughs> we remember a lot. As, as you know, things. I have a really, and again, I haven't asked Colin or Wes yet their thoughts on it, but I, Wes and I have this ability to tell you the year a certain movie came out. If you, if you gave us a movie, we could tell you the year it came out in that era. Uh, if you gave me that movie, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't remember this movie at all. That doesn't happen. So I don't remember it at all. But my friend is like, I'm telling you this movie happened. So my question is, Wes and Colin, do you remember Shazam? I think so. Yeah. Um, and I'm not surprised because one, if it came out in the early 90s, it was probably backtailing on Aladdin, which came out in 92. Fair. And it was definitely not Kazam because I remember Kazam vividly because I was a huge Shaquille O'Neal fan. And I went, I remember seeing that in the theater and everything. Uh, So it definitely was not, I'm not mixing up my my movies here. And I do remember renting it. It was a straight to video Hmm. movie. I don't think it played in theater. I remember discovering it and... It wasn't one of those things where I could be like, yeah, it was totally Sinbad, but I remember some sort of genie type movie. And I think it took place like somewhere in the beach of California or or Malibu or something like that. Hmm. So do you remember specific scenes? I only remember it being kind of around a beach area. Okay. But, and I have a theory of why it may not exist right now or how they why they tried to bury it let's hear it because there was a dc comic character called shazam and i have a feeling that they used that name or something without permission so Mm. dc sued them and made them like it was like a cease and desist thing where they had to get rid of it and because it was a straight to vhs tape they were able to just kind of go away without without yeah without uh any like major budgets that they poured into it to be in a theater and all that kind of stuff. And so so maybe Sinbad is keeping it quiet because he doesn't want to be sued, is what you're saying. Yeah, and he's probably embarrassed of it, too. So that's my thoughts on it, but I I could be wrong. It could be the Medela effect that people claim to be. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Colin, I want to hear your thoughts on this. So uh, until you guys... We're talking about like I, we've talked about us in like passing a little bit, but I can see how my brain would build that memory, but I don't have a vivid memory that tells me that for sure it existed. Like I think about like okay, I could see 
how I would think it makes sense for it to be a part of Kazam. And then I remember watching like a bunch of his comedy specials where he's always kind of like dressed up like a genie anyway, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, early 90s. <laughs> That's um, true. He had like gold vests. Until you said the thing about all that, where he played Ishbu's dad. I was like, is that what you're thinking? When I closed my eyes, I just looked it up. I'm like, that's the outfit he's wearing when I think about it. So I don't think it existed, (laughs) but I can totally believe that my brain would build that memory out of all the things that I would have for input. It's such a brain trick. It is. And here's the fun part about that I've, um, knowing we were going to talk about this, I've actually asked a few people. To be like, hey, remember this movie? And like totally played up like it was totally a real thing. And they're yeah. like, yeah, of course I remember that movie. <laughs> yeah. What about it? And I was like, it didn't exist. <laughs> and they're like, ah! Got him. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really weird thing. Though. Like, everybody's like, of course. It totally was a yeah. thing. Well, okay. So that leads us into the probably the biggest explanation or uh, uh, maybe not explanation. The theory, I guess, is more of the way to say it as to this thing that happens, this phenomenon where it's like somebody's like, hey, remember this? And somebody takes a fragment of it and kind of joins with them and it's like, yeah, I remember this thing as a whole. Uh, there's something called the Mandela effect, which is spawned off of Nelson Mandela. Apparently, there's a lot of people who remember him dying in prison. Uh, and it kind of goes further into the Twilight Zone world where it's there's a theory that there's those of us who lived in an alternate universe and it's kind of like a glitch in the matrixy kind of thing hmm. that we all remember these things and it happened, but there's no way to prove it because we have somehow slipped into an alternate yeah. universe, either mentally Marty or McFly physically. Marty McFly screwed it up for us. Exactly. Uh, and now we have Trump. Somebody went back in time <laughs> and somehow... Ah, you know, maybe it was somebody that. from DC went back in time and stopped Sinbad from making this movie. I don't know. <laughs> it meant that much. But there's traces of the of the past that we remember that doesn't exist. So that's kind of freaky and weird. But that has kind of brought up that whole. I mean, the Mandela effect is something that's been a, been around for a while, obviously, but it's kind of brought it to light. Uh, there is something though where it's kind of like a a, crea- a a collective consciousness where it's like you can kind of coax someone into remembering something if you trigger fragments of their memory and they kind of fill in the blanks as a whole. And yeah. this will kind of spill into okay, what we're going to talk about next is kind of I think we have we all have those moments in our lives where that's happened, where we remembered something that we just swore was true. We swore it was true from the '80s or '90s, obviously our childhood whether it's pop culture or something that happened in our lives, and you can't convince anybody else to remember it, or somebody's like, I don't know, but you swore it happened. And then either maybe you discovered through the power of the internet that it didn't exist and you were dumb, or you were able to support the idea and you were right the whole time and you were able to show it to somebody. Yeah. yeah. So, Which is a great feeling. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, and this is a, uh, there's kind of two of them for me, and I'll, I'll give an example of just kind of how memories can be manipulated or warped. There was a time where I was at my grandparents' house that was kind of like a split-level house, and they had a small staircase that was about 15 steps, uh, maybe a little, maybe 10. And there was a time when I was just kind of bugging my sister and my cousin, and, and they ran into a bedroom that was right next to the staircase and closed the door on me. And I was bugging them, and I was I was on my hands and knees, and I was like poking under the cracks and sticking my fingers under there, just like bothering them. And one of them opened the door 
forcefully, it, I, I flinched and fell backwards and rolled down the stairs backwards. And I cried. And, and the, it, it spilled me out into the living room where my brother was sitting and, like, my dad and a few other people. And my siblings thought it was hilarious. It was such a hilarious story that they told everybody. That, that story somehow got man- manipulated into the, all of them. All of them were in the living room. And suddenly I just came tumbling down the stairs for no reason. <laughs> And I think the reason they think, and they and they're going to probably call me about this or text me about this. They swear that is the truth. That is what happened. But for me, it's like no, that didn't happen. Why else would I have gone upstairs? Like there was no reason for me to have done all of that without bugging them and them opening the door and then me falling. Yeah. So how just, old were you? Uh, I was probably nine <laughs> or so eight funny. or I don't know. Probably somewhere in the old enough to vividly remember something. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I mean, I was super embarrassed. I remember it happening, obviously. Yeah. Uh, So I remember it, but I think what happened was that my sister, who was not in the living room, believed she was there because she just thinks it thought it was the funnier story, and then kind of convinced herself that it happened. Yeah. So confirmation uh, bias is a crazy thing. Absolutely, it's confirmation bias, and I think some of that's happening here with this movie. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Not to offend anyone who. Some people are very adamant <laughs> that this very. movie existed. So there's uh, there's a pop culture version of this that I thought happened, and I actually can trace it back as to how I got it in my mind. But I'll tease that out, and I'll let you guys talk because I've talked for a little too long. No, I think for me where I – I hadn't really thought of this concept um, a whole lot of like the idea of uh, my memories sort of lying to me to the point where I believe that they're true. But after listening to like serial podcast and kind of um, realizing that my memory of oh, something yeah. is actually really tainted by my motivations upon which I decide to use to remember those things, which is like why they don't take um, you know just word of mouth evidence in court cases. They have to like have hard evidence and that kind of stuff. Which is why it's a big controversy around that, or controversy, if you will. Um, but <laughs> right. what I did realize um, where this does play into my head a lot is with movie quotes. And there are oh, a lot yes. of movie quotes that I feel like I say a certain way, and I say them in my head of like, oh, yeah. that's exactly yep. how it was said in the movie. And I won't watch that movie for five, six, ten years and go back and listen to it. And I'm just like, oh, I've literally been saying that wrong yep. for a decade. I can think of one major one. Me too. Okay, go ahead. Is... Luke, I am your father. Oh yes, that uh-huh. is which was manipulated one. by Tommy Boy, uh. which seems like it would be right, but he says no. I am your father. That's interesting. Yep. I didn't know that one. Okay, what was yours? So this one's not as, I guess, widely accepted. But Anchorman, mm-hmm. he says, "You are a smelly pirate hooker." Everyone says, "You are a dirty pirate hooker." Yeah, that is true. That one is the one I, I hear the most often. Yeah, the so one that's smelly. Of, it's smelly pirate hooker. The yeah. one that kind of blew my mind was uh, from Forrest Gump, like life is like a box of chocolates. Mm-hmm. No, life was like a box of chocolates. Is it really? See, because his mom one. said that. Yeah, my mom, mom always, always said, said that life was okay. Which that one I was like, what? I've been saying that wrong for <laughs> how long? Well, or I like think it's like the has. other one. Um, uh, what I was reading about these the other day, like Hannibal Lecter never says hello, Clarice. Uh-huh. That blew my mind because I I remember that vividly. Isn't that That's weird? Nuts. Uh, so it's stuff like that that I think has where it's become like I have such belief in my head that something like that is true. That to have that 
proven makes me feel like there's some conspiracy against me like Truman Show style that like everyone else knows something that yeah. I don't <laughs> kind yeah. of thing it's like there's no way you. I can't be right well see I think this was more of an issue probably you know pre-internet days because people there would manipulate no things yeah. and we'd be like no it's this way no it's this way and there'd be no way to prove it yeah and so now you have you have the ability to just google it and find it and it's really hard to hide something that didn't right. ex- or that existed before yeah I think the other one that is in, in movie quotes category, which is old, but like uh, in um, Snow White, when uh, the evil queen is talking to the mirror, she doesn't say. She says, in my brain, mirror, mirror on the wall. Hmm. But she does never say that. She says, uh, magic mirror on the wall. Wow, which so how did it become Mirror Mirror? I have no which idea. they've made an entire movie called Mirror Mirror. Right. <laughs> wow. Which is so wild. A Disney movie. Yeah. So it, it's just, a, which I think maybe that's where that comes from, perhaps. I mean, I don't know, but, but I've that always was thought like, about that in my maybe head. like five years ago. That wasn't... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyways, I think that's where for me I realized this is uh, the most prevalent is in my memory of movie quotes because the way that I used to memorize even for school or for tests is I would like almost write songs to where my brain can remember like the rhythms of things mm-hmm. in that sense surprisingly well, or at least that's how I could get myself to remember things in short form that way. Very sound of music of you. Yeah, very. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and so for me to be able to like remember movie quotes, I remember like the cadence in which they're said, and that's how I'm able to like hold them into my head. Yeah. So for me to have like these kind of things just totally blown out of the water of that, I'm like, what? No, that is exactly <laughs> how I remember it. That's how I remember things. Wrong. It's crazy. It plays with my head a little bit. I think the major one that I have, and I'll let you determine if you remember this or not. I think it was about 1990. My school teacher announced to the class, we're going to be watching a video today. And it has all of your favorite cartoon characters and one special. It has Muppet Babies, it has Slimer, it has Michelangelo, it has Bugs Bunny, DuckTales, ALF, which... Sounded completely insane because, like, this did not exist at all. Because, like, knowing this now, it's like those are all kinds of licenses that would never happen. Yeah, it's like, and we watched it, and it was a special about marijuana and alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) And all of these cartoon characters were trying to convince this one boy not to do drugs, it showed them, like what happened in your brain and all this kind of stuff. So it was like, as a kid, I just remember being bummed out that it was about drugs because it's like, (laughs) I didn't even, it was 1990, so I was probably like six. It's like, I didn't even know what drugs were. So like, the only thing I got out of the special was if I smoke marijuana, all my favorite cartoon characters will come to life. (laughs) (laughs) And true that was. (laughs) And I vividly remember this because I remember my teacher saying it, saying all these characters, and we watched it as a class. But after that, I could not remember what it's called, and nobody else remembered this for years. And I claim I'm like, there's a thing (laughs) that exists, and like, so do you guys remember that at all, or? I don't. I mean, there were so many PSA type of things like that in childhood, but I don't specifically remember something yeah. like that. So I do remember that vividly, but I, and I think it's because I've watched it recently, but <laughs> I don't know if it's because I was looking for it and found it because I was in a similar situation for you, or had we talked about it at some point and I went and looked for it. But I know I've watched it like in the last year-ish. 
So it does exist. It does, I believe. It's called Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Yes. I think I remember the logo. Interesting. And the interesting thing was all of these companies that own these characters let them do it for free Hmm. because it was for a public service announcement. Cartoon All-Stars. Well, you know, there was another thing that had a bunch of different cartoon characters and different companies coming together for one thing. Do you remember that? what that was? Roger Rabbit? Roger Rabbit. So it happened once. Yeah. Oh, that is true. With two of the biggest companies I mean, together. Disney and uh, Hanna-Barbera and... Uh, Warner Brothers. L- Warner Brothers. Yeah, I was like, Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes. Was it Han- Hanna-Barbera or was it just Warner Brothers? Oh, what? okay. I, I think I it know. was just Warner Brothers and Disney. Yeah. Because I think the deal was, in order for them to exist in the same movie, they had each character had to share the same amount of time. Oh, so okay. screen time. I, I think so. Because it's like you think of the scene with like Daffy Duck and Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. They're all playing a piano at the same time, and they don't get any – not one gets any more screen time than the other. Hmm. And I think hmm. when – I could I can't, I haven't seen it in a long time, but Bugs Bunny and Mickey are falling – down a building, I think they're both falling at the same time. So you recall. So I recall. <laughs> See, I, I recalled Hanna Barbera characters, but now that you like question me about it, it's like, oh, I don't, maybe not. <laughs> I, so, but yeah, I mean, that's. I feel like that's something that'll never happen again. By yeah, the way, it's true. But, uh, which makes Roger Rabbit that much more special, just because, like, just you're just not going to see that. So many competing companies just together, yeah. or I guess two. But uh, okay, so mine is. It's it's movie related, and I felt like there was a stretch in the '90s where I remembered things about movies vividly, but then we would get them on VHS, and they weren't there. Yeah. And one of the ones that I remember the most is Independence Day. So you'll have to remember. I don't know if you've seen the movie recently, Mm-mm. but Will Smith has you know a uh, girlfriend, which is Vivica A. Fox, correct? Yes. Uh, and. You know, she's a stripper and they're like dating, but they're, yeah. you know, they're not, you know, fully committed yet. But then like they he, have a kid together, they have a kid together, mm. but he is getting engaged. Like he has a ring that he's going to show her and he's going to get engaged to her. Uh, so I remember the scene where he shows the ring that like seeing that stone before. And it was a callback to something that was in her house. It was like a snow globe, I think, where it was like there was a dolphin in it or maybe the stone itself was a dolphin i probably should have looked this up just the actual yeah the ring was a dolphin the ring was a dolphin okay so i remembered as like oh it's that thing that was in the snow globe at her house that he got turned into a ring Mm. Uh, and i remember when i watched it on vhs i'm like what what happened to that scene where they showed the snow globe and like her uh, affection for it where was this? What did they like? It was like at her show house. it prominently. Yeah, it was. I, I, again, this is fuzzy, but I just remember like seeing like the close up of the snow globe on the counter. Huh. Yeah. So, I, I just thought I was going crazy. Like maybe I just made it up, and then I, I, I don't remember how long it was before I realized. So, you remember the book fair, right? Yep. Yes. So in the book fair. <laughs> You go and you bookmobile, you go, and it was everybody's favorite because you go and buy all these books. I would always buy books of stories I already knew, so there was always there was a a, like a plethora of books that were adapted from movies. I remember Mm -hmm. reading the the Mission Mission Impossible one, where it was like the cover of the movie on the book. Okay, like the novels or like picture books. It was the novels. Okay, yeah. So it was like just a straight up novel. 
that told the story that the movie told. So it's kind of like reverse Harry Potter, you know? Which like are very... Based off of the movie. Those things are so interesting because you pick up things that were never in the movie that make a lot of sense. Yeah, so in, huh. I had the Independence Day one, and that scene was in that book. And that's how I... And I read that, I read that book before the VHS had come out, but after I so had seen the movie between? in the theater. So it was okay. in between. And so... I whatever that that made it make sense or I guess gave the story a little bit more uh, arc to it just to the fact that it was like, oh it's a callback it's the thing that she loves yeah they can add a whole lot more detail to yeah. things by putting a novel form so that book just had it in there but what really drove me crazy too was you know in the middle of those books they would have pictures yeah and they had f- pictures from the actual movie just different scenes from it and in it I vividly remembered a picture of Randy Quaid like having somebody against a wall and it was a scene where he was like talking about how his son is sick and he needs help. But that scene's not in the movie, but the picture of that scene was in the book. So it drove me nuts. And I just didn't comprehend at that young age that there are deleted scenes that yeah. they had <laughs> filmed and they included the deleted scene in the book. Uh, and I would imagine they would have that book all ready to go before the movie even comes out. Like, yeah, I feel like because yeah. they, they would want to sell it when the movie comes out so people see the movie and hopefully buy the yeah. novel as well because it took forever that, for things to come to home mm-hmm. video. It wasn't like three months like it is now. It takes like an entire year. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot more. So yeah. And there. I remember the dolphin ring thing so vividly. Once I just once it re-entered my mind in the internet era, I was like, oh, I can finally find it. Search deleted scenes on Independence <laughs> Day and, and I just still couldn't find it. And it's wow. like, all right, I just made it up. I just made it up. That's I, interesting. Well, it, it, was, it wasn't made up. It was inspired just from the books. Yeah. Well, how did you figure it out? Like, I, I just kind of definitely. I did a lot Came of self. The of the internet. <laughs> yeah, a lot of self-reflection. <laughs> and, yeah, no. We I need just, to get searched, a hold of that book. Yeah. I searched really hard until I just finally gave up. After the months of hypnosis, you'd had to finally let go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which kids are going to go crazy when Rogue One becomes like a thing like years from now because there was so much in the trailers that were not in the movie oh, at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was telling Colin, I was watching the Anchorman trailers because I remembered something from Anchorman and I had to check if it was in the trailer because I thought I remembered it from the trailer, but it wasn't in the movie. And it was a scene where he, uh, Ron Burgundy and Veronica were in the conference room and they're like just passionately like looking at each other and they're like, let's do it right here. And they jump they're on, on the table and it collapses and yeah. he's like, let's make a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was in the trailer. That was and it turns out they use like 70, like depending on which trailer you use, it's like 50 to 75% of those trailers are deleted scenes. That's so crazy. Man. And that could really mess with your memory as well. Well, they made an entire other movie (laughs) of the Wake Up Wrong Burgundy of deleted scenes from that movie. So our our minds are super fragile and probably (laughs) more open to manipulation than we want to admit. Oh, yeah. I think even seeing movies like The Matrix or um, Memento Mm -hmm. can really mess with our minds of like, oh, my gosh, they just made something possible that I never knew was possible. We could be plugged into a giant simulation, and this could be the year 3023. I remember uh, Angus, one of my favorite movies we talked about first episode. Mm -hmm. The TV version has a lot of different scenes in it. And mm. because it hasn't been popular on DVD or anything, I have never, I haven't been able to see those deleted scenes. You're right. Since yeah, then. Billy, they had the, a lot of different stuff. The Billy yeah. Madison TV version had a lot of deleted oh, scenes yeah, inside of it. Yeah, that is always a weird thing. I remember watching like uh, some of the vacation movies, like the National Lampoons, and then watching those on TV or like TBS or TNT, and then watching them 
uh, when I would get them on like uh, VHS or DVD. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are <laughs> much more vivid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we're, we are way over time, but I felt like this was a really interesting subject to talk about. And I guess the lesson is here, don't believe everything you read and hear or even think <laughs> everything your mind tells you. You cannot trust, trust anyone, even yourself. Yeah, you so. are your enemy. <laughs> Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, feel free to join in on the conversation. Contact us at Pass Forward Cast on Twitter. Let us know if you remember Shazam. If you remember specific scenes, let us know. Uh, you if you own e- the VHS, please call. Oh, We're going to get to the bottom of this. Yes, yeah. Uh, email us at Pass Forward Cast, uh, or sorry, Pass Forward Cast at gmail.com or at AOL.com. And we're on Facebook as well, Instagram as well. You can find us if you search for us. We're so easy to find on the internet because. Things are easy to find on the internet if yeah. they existed. I'm just saying. <laughs> so uh, that's it for all of us. Until next time. Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when you put on a dress and play a girl bunny? <laughs> Always. Like <laughs> oh yeah. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> Later, snorks. <laughs> what was that one from? Your brain is Wayne's so World. <laughs> oh.